Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Tune is buried. That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Garrett Wilson, here he goes. Goodbye and hello end zone. Van Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to recap day number 18 of New York Jets training camp, which is day number two of joint practices with the Atlanta Falcons, who the Jets will take on in a preseason matchup on Monday. So to go over all that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, what's going on, buddy? Not much, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just glad to be reading about how well the Jets seem to be looking against the Atlanta Falcons. I have to put this in perspective, obviously. The Falcons are not a very good team, and we'll get to this later. You wrote a column about everything, and people can read it now at NJ.com, telling people that even though the Jets have looked good to temper expectations, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a playoff team. But let's get into why people were happy to be reading about what was going on today and seeing clips all over Twitter because there was a lot of positives coming out of this second day of joint practices with the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. And I want to begin with Garrett Wilson. We've talked about how he's had some problems with drops throughout camp, but more good than bad. He's made some really nice plays today. He made some excellent catches, including one 
that was an outstanding body control catch where he just went up and got the ball. I've talked about this before, and Mike Davis, who was Garrett Wilson's personal coach and his mentor when Garrett Wilson was at Lake Travis High School. Of course, Mike Davis, former star wide receiver for the Texas Longhorns, played a little bit for the then Oakland Raiders, now Las Vegas Raiders as well. He said that he was stunned at how good Garrett Wilson was at going up and getting the ball because they're both around the same size, six foot, 180, 190 pounds. But Garrett Wilson can go up and get that ball like he's much bigger, like he's Drake London at 6'4", 220 pounds. And that's because Garrett Wilson, due to his basketball background, is excellent at positioning his body and leaping. And he showed that off big time today. He had an excellent practice. This was one of his best so far. Yeah, it was unfortunate because his two most impressive catches, he actually ended up being incomplete passes because he came down out of bounds. But I don't think that was his fault as much as those balls would have been balls that most receivers wouldn't have even tried for. And then he's coming down with them and, and pretty close to, to inbounds. The one um, that everybody saw, as I saw it kind of blow up on Twitter, was was him going way up high for a Mike White pass uh, on the right side near the end zone and and he went so high he came down with the ball caught it his helmet popped off when he hit the ground i mean it was just it's impressive like this kid can get way up there and then he had another one in the end zone on the other side where he went up and caught a ball that had no business even being attempted to catch uh and came down with it and that one was really close uh, some of the fans, some fans tweeted at me that later the ref went over there and actually said it might have been a touchdown, but they they did not call it that on the field. But he, he also had a couple of really nice catches showing his body control in seven on seven, um, a nice diving catch in, in the end zone. He looks like he's getting better. It looks like he did have some issues with drops. I wouldn't say it was like a huge deal, but he dropped a few passes and most of the times he's he's got his hands on balls and not caught them during training camp though. It's been in situations like this where he's trying to make these impossible catches and, and he's coming up just a little bit short. So, I, I mean, he's been impressive. The jets talking about him, they're kind of trying to downplay how good he is at this point, just because he's still kind of figuring out how to, you know, attack and, and how to be aggressive and, and how to, you know, run his routes and do everything kind of the right way he so they're they're kind of cautioning like he's got a lot to learn and and certainly he does but i think the raw talent is uh you know uncommon and and it's pretty cool um thought to think of what him and elijah moore are going to look like out there together and and i think wilson is going to pick it up pretty quickly i just think it's you know there's just some little things that he's just kind of got to figure out the finer points, which is to be expected. He's a, he's a rookie and, and he's learning a whole new level of football and a whole new offense. Speaking of uncommon talent, Brees Hall had himself another really big day. He started the seven on sevens today, showing off his receiving skills. We've talked about this. Brees Hall isn't just a guy that you could toss the ball to out of the backfield. He can run legitimate wide receiver routes the way that a guy like Le'Veon Bell used to do. And he broke another big run as well. We know that yesterday he had a 70-yard run for a touchdown. It's hard not to get excited about this kid. Yeah, it's a little harder to gauge today because they weren't practicing in pads. So um, I don't know exactly how that run would have looked if it was yesterday, but he certainly made a, a nice series of moves to, to find a hole and, and get to a point where 
I think somebody would have tried to tackle him, but it, it still would have been a nice gain. And, and he's definitely popped. Like he's got a nice mix of power and agility um, and ability to make guys miss, but also to kind of lower the shoulder and get a yard when he needs to. And, and obviously yesterday with that long run, we saw what he can do in terms of finding holes because I don't think anybody touched him. So um, yeah, he, he's definitely a, a kid who looks like he's ready to contribute and, and I think it's going to be cool to see how they kind of use him and, and Michael Carter in tandem. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. You talked before about Elijah Moore and how exciting he can be in a tandem with Garrett Wilson. The other day, Joe Flacco said that a big part of what makes Elijah Moore, who he compared to Steve Smith, so dangerous is that in addition to the explosive ability that he has, Elijah Moore just always has a knack for finding a way to be in the right spot to make a play. He did that again today, showing off one more time, why Jets fans were so excited to watch him last year and why there are some big moments most likely ahead for him this year. Yeah, it was cool. It was on the uh, second series of 7-on-7. Seven seven, I'm sorry, the second series of 11-on-11. 11 11. Um, and there wasn't many passes thrown today. I mean, I think Joe Flacco only threw seven. Um, and, and Flacco lost this ball up. And I remember when it left his hands, like, who the hell is going to catch that? It was just like way up in the air toward the back right corner of the end zone. And then you look down and, and, and Moore is just sprinting under it and gets there in plenty of time, makes the catch. And it, it was a very cool touchdown. So uh, that was very encouraging. And I think given what you saw from him yesterday against the Falcons in pads, I mean, a year ago we were all wondering like, what's this going to look like? Is, is this kid going to have the physicality required to, to play on this level? And I think, 
he's answered that question obviously last year he's answered it early this year and i think um it's just exciting to see what's next for him i, I know the jets are excited about him salah said on friday that he hasn't even sniffed his potential let alone scratch the surface of it so um which is kind of a weird choice of words but i think you all get the point it's they think he can get a lot better and he's already pretty good when you see what he did in, in a limited amount of time last year. So there's every reason to think that he's going to continue to build on what we saw last year. Obviously staying healthy is the big thing for him, but so far so good during training camp. So we'll, we'll just see how it goes, but yeah, the kid looks good and, and uh, looks like he's ready to take a leap in here too. Andy, more positives from Tyler Conklin and Braxton Berrios, who made some plays, but also Corey Davis, who I've talked about quite a bit the last few days, who had been flying under the radar, but having a very nice camp. He seems to be developing an excellent rapport with Joe Flacco to the point where he could play a very big role in what the Jets offense does the first few weeks if Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback. Flacco and Corey Davis seem to just have a really strong connection and it paid off again today. Yeah, at the end of practice, there was a two-minute drill, like end-of-game situation entering the red zone. So basically, they're at the 25. It's first down. There's like 45 seconds on the clock, something like that. I don't know exactly. It may have been more or less. But, you know, basically, you've got four or five plays to get in the end zone. That's how much time you're going to have. And on first down, Flacco drops back just throws the ball in Davis's direction close to the goal line. He kind of corralled it with one hand, juggled it a bit, almost tipped it to himself and made a great catch going out at the one. Um, And it was just very impressive. The body control, the, the awareness and, and the trust of Flacco to put it up there where he could get it. And, and for him to make that play, I mean, um, it's all those plays last year and, and Corey Davis got a lot of flack last year for not making the tough plays. Well, that's the kind of play that people want to see him make. And, and that's the kind of plays capable of making it. And it was huge. So now it's first and goal from the one and, and Flacco dropped back and quick pass finds uh, Conklin for a touchdown. So um, if that was a very impressive kind of move the ball drive, and then they went for two and, and another quick hitter Flacco finds Michael Carter for uh, the two-point conversion. So, I mean, that's why Jets fans were feeling good if they were out there today because that looked very, very impressive. Um, and and the way that he, Flacco kind of spread the ball around yesterday and today I think is also a good sign that um, they're, they're going to be able to be competitive in, in that first game, even with Joe Flacco in there. Obviously, uh, a lot of it's going to depend on how well-protected he is, but if he has you know, moderately good protection. He can obviously uh, make quick decisions given his experience. And and he has a lot of weapons out there right now, uh, unlike years past with the Jets. So I think there's a lot of reason to be confident, but also, um, as I'm sure we'll talk about later, you know, the Falcons are what the Falcons are. Andy, I think you just hit the nail on the head. You talked about how Joe Flacco competently operated the offense He wasn't necessarily outstanding, but he did what he needed to do. He made the most of the weapons around him, and he was able to move the ball. That's what the Jets really need from Joe Flacco for as long as he ends up being the starting quarterback. And what I think the last couple of days and the last few practices, even before the Atlanta joint practices showed, is that he's very much capable of that. Oh, absolutely. It's not like 
you know, everything is lost because Zach Wilson is out. I mean, obviously the main and, and the most important thing about this season is to um, get a, a read on Zach Wilson. And, and obviously the, the best case scenario for the Jets would be if, if he can prove he's the real deal. But I, I think there was a feeling when Wilson was hurt that like, you know, what, however long he was out, it's going to be, you know, meaningless and, and non-competitive. And, and no, I, I mean, honestly, and I don't know if the Jets – I don't think anybody on the Jets would admit this publicly, but I, I think they, they might look better in the season with Joe Flacco at quarterback than they would with Zach Wilson, just because, um, you know, these are going to be tough defenses that are going to require a lot of, uh, you know, poise and, and, you know, foresight even before the snap of kind of having an idea where you got to go with the ball. And, and Flacco is obviously going to be able to do that. He's going to know which receivers to trust. And, and like Garrett Wilson even said the other day, like, he the way that he puts touch on some passes and and zips others in there is has been cool for him. Um, so I, I just think it's it's not going to be uh, that bad of a situation in terms of competitiveness for the Jets. Now, like on the other side of it, it's this isn't good. Like for Zach Wilson to to be injured and and for him to you know be missing these joint practices and to be whenever he comes into the season, it's going to be like a month since he saw live action. And he's going to probably be playing a, a very good defense. Just if you look at the jets first four opponents. So um, it's, it, that's, you know, a different problem for a different day, but um, in terms of not being competitive without Zach Wilson, I, I don't think jets fans have to worry about that. I think what you have to worry about is, you know, Zach Wilson's coming off a second knee injury. He's going to have a month off. He's missing opportunities to grow, and then he's going to get thrown into the fire, and, and it's not going to be against the Texans like it was last year. And it didn't look great against the Texans when he came back last year. So um, that's what I'd be worried about if I was a Jets fan, not about Joe Flacco and, and how he's going to perform for you. Uh, I mean, I, there's a potential that it doesn't go great just because of the way it's gone the last you know two years when Joe Flacco's been on the field for the Jets. But I think this is different, different offense, different weapons, um, and it's largely going to depend on, on how good the blocking is. If it's good, I think Flacco will look pretty darn good. Andy, defensively, some nice plays from the rookies. Jermaine Johnson got what would have been a sack in a regular season game. Sauce Gardner went head-to-head -head with Kyle Pitts and seemed to do fairly well, including a big play at the end of practice. Justin Hardy had a really good pass breakup in the end zone, and the Falcons were unable to do much once again. So again, as you said before, the Falcons are what they are, but these are all positive signs. The, the defense came over to the main field at the end of practice for that drill, the same drill that the Jets run that I was just talking about where Flacco two plays got him into the end zone. Um, and, and for the Jets, yeah, it started with the with the Johnson sack. Um, and then there was like a quick completion, uh, another incompletion, and now it's fourth down. And uh, Marcus Mariota targeted Pitts down the right side of the field and Sauce was all over him with, with Whitehead nearby. And, and fell incomplete, and that was that drive. Uh, they, they didn't get close to scoring, and it, it was pretty impressive from the defense, which which dominated the day yesterday as well from what we saw uh, against uh, the Falcons. And, yeah, Sauce had a pick yesterday off of uh, Ritter, another nice play at the end of practice today. Um, I mean, he looks as advertised. Like, again, we'll, we'll see what it looks like in the regular season. I'm sure there's going to be mistakes, but um, – and, you know, he's been, you know, he's given up plays, but he clearly 
understands what's required of him and and enjoys the challenge of going up against a guy like Pitts. Um, and, and he did a good job of it on the play that I saw today. Andy, let's talk about the players that missed practice, the players that came back, the injuries. What's going on with all of that? So Carl Lawson sat out of Saturday's practice. Um, that was just a veteran rest day. Obviously notable that he was in there on Friday because that was exactly a year to the day that he suffered the injury against the Packers last year. So uh, obviously a, a sign of progress. It's been a year since the injury. Um, and the Jets just being cautious by giving him a day off. Uh, no Bryce Huff today for the second straight day. I can't remember the injury. I think it's a hamstring, uh, but uh, it's not supposed to be serious. No uh, Quinn and Williams still dealing with that ankle injury that he suffered almost a week ago now. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal when you see him working off to the side. He's, he looks like he's pretty close to full go, and, he, and he's holding his helmet while he's standing on the sideline, but I think they're just being overly safe with him and, and understandably so still not ideal for him to miss a full week of reps. Uh, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. He had a full off season this year. This isn't like last year. Just remember this time last year, Quinn and Williams was practicing for the first time in training camp. So he's way ahead of where he was a year ago. And I think, uh, as long as he's back next week, which is the expectation, um, it's not a big deal. Vinnie Curry, no update on him. He suffered a hamstring injury on Friday. Um, and, and was was pretty upset, slammed his helmet to the ground. Uh, I'm guessing that's going to be a, a lengthy thing because he was coming off a hamstring injury that kept him out for, for the last about two weeks. So it's not ideal situation for him. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner returned to practice after missing um, most of the last week with an illness. He had gotten back in individual drills on Friday, but Saturday was the first time that he was back in team drills. And Michael Clemens uh, came off the field in discomfort. Uh, apparently, he had just taken a helmet to the ribs. He's expected to be okay. So all in all, uh, a pretty good couple of practices for the Jets. Um, and also linebacker Marcel Harris, that was the other one. Uh, he has a hamstring injury and it's going to be a week or two, according to Salah. But other than that, the Jets get through this joint practice. These two joint practices pretty much unscathed and obviously not the way it went a year ago for them in Green Bay. So uh, much better this week two of the preseason in 2022 than in 2021, which is very, very, very good news for the Jets. Andy, I got to hand it to your colleague, Rich Semini over at ESPN. He had a hell of a tweet. Said Michael Clemens left practice after taking a helmet to the ribs. Clemens is okay. No word yet on the helmet. <laughs> that made me chuckle. That was one of Rich's better tweets. I want to talk a little bit about Dwayne Brown because he didn't participate in the actual team drills. He was ramping up still. And you and I were talking about this before we started recording. With the Jets so close to the regular season, this is one area where you have to wonder what the chemistry is going to look like. We haven't seen anything close to what this starting offensive line is going to be when the season begins in a few weeks. That is definitely one of the biggest question marks the team has to face at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Just just on an overall from an overall standpoint with the whole how good the Jets looked compared to the Falcons. I mean, uh, I happen to have watched the Jets in their last six training camps before this year. I know what a bad football team looks like in training camp 
the Falcons look like a bad football team. So this means that the Jets are not as bad of a football team as the Falcons are this year. Um, they seem to be significantly better than, than the Falcons, but that doesn't mean anything other than that. That's, that's what this means. The Jets are, it is a sign of progress because the Jets, you know, this is the fourth time I've covered a joint practice uh, with, a, with another team uh, and the Jets. And this is the first time the Jets have looked better where they didn't, it wasn't clear that they weren't. Let's just say it like this. Every other time it was clear that the other team was far more talented than the Jets. This was the first time where they were not just even with them, but, but, but clearly better. So that's a sign of progress, but it doesn't mean the Jets are going to be good. It just means they're better than a bad football team. So let's just keep your expectations with that. That's nothing against what the Jets did this, this week. Uh, they did what they're supposed to do. They took care of business, and that, that's a good sign. But it doesn't mean like that they've turned a corner and, and they've arrived. It just means they're making progress and they're better than a bad football team. And that's, like you said, the offensive line that is such a huge concern that the regular season starts three weeks from Sunday. And the starting offensive line, the, the combination of five, has zero snaps together, not just in team drills, but like even in walkthrough. I don't think Brown has gotten to that point yet or at least what we're seeing where he's in those drills. Um, and, and, you know, you're considering that he agreed to sign with the Jets. I think it was on Thursday, August 11th. He saw, he actually uh, signed with them on Monday. So that's, you know, six days before Saturday's practice. Went through five practices, still hasn't done team drills. Um, that, to me, is a little bit of a red flag. It, it's, it's a different situation than Ryan Khalil a few years ago because he didn't come out of retirement. He was in tending to play this whole time. So it's not like he had to get back in shape. He said he was 316 pounds when he arrived and has been in shape. But and I know the Jets are being cautious and that may be why this is happening. But also like it's a little alarming that it's taken, you know, 10 days basically since they signed him and, and we haven't seen him on the field in a team drill once um, in a padded practice or, a, or an unpadded practice. So to me, uh, that's concerning and you know, you're running out of practices here. They got three practices next week before the giants game, uh, including the joint practice with the giants. And then maybe four or five the week before the regular season, the week in between the preseason and the regular season, and then three, the regular season. So you're talking like 10 practices at most before the jets take the field against the Ravens. And, and this guy is yet to be on the field. He's obviously not going to play the second preseason game. So it, it makes me wonder, are the Jets going to have to play their starting offensive line in the third preseason game? Because it's going to be their only chance to get them time on the field. Um, and it makes me wonder like how rough it's going to be early in the season. Maybe it is almost a blessing in disguise that Zach Wilson isn't going to be out there early in the season because there may be some growing pains for this offensive line because I know they're, they have veterans and, and a mu some much better players, but, you know, it takes time for these guys to learn how to play together. And, uh, you know, the Jets kind of poo-pooed that three years ago when they did the same thing and, and kind of trotted out a line that, that didn't have a lot of experience together for the regular season. It did not go well. So I would just say that, that if anything coming out of this training camp, which has been a pretty positive one for the Jets, if anything is concerning, it's that. I would watch out for that. Um, 
it has not gone well in the past when when they're like we got it we will figure it out it's going to be okay it doesn't work like that so um not that it can't and not that they're the guys on this line aren't much more talented than three years ago and i think that will help but i still think it's certainly concerning and something to watch Andy, after practice, we heard from Jason Pinnock, Robert Sala, Jermaine Johnson, and Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead basically just said that he was happy to have LaMarcus Joyner back. Jermaine Johnson said he's been working on his power game. He's confident with his speed game, trying to get his power and counter moves up to the same level. Wants to be a complete pass rusher. Said that Robert Sala works the guys hard, but it's good because he keeps them accountable. Also said that he tries to practice like he's a free agent fighting for his life every single day. Pinnock and Salah had some interesting things to say as well. What'd you hear from them in the press room? Pinnock kind of detailed um, the emotional journey of switching from cornerback to safety. He was a, basically said, all I wanted to do and all I did since I was six years old was play cornerback. So when you know they told me that I was going to be a safety, he was, he, he was pretty honest. He's like, why is this happening to me? Um, uh, but, he, but he quickly transitioned to like, okay, like, let's see how good I can be at this. And he, he realized pretty quickly last year that not only the, did he think he could be better at safety than he could be at cornerback, but he actually liked it more. Um, he talked about how his dad was like a defensive lineman. So he grew up kind of in a three-point stance and, and learning all of the like, complexities of being on the defensive line. And then obviously he, he stepped back and, and played cornerback from a very young age as well and kind of saw – the game that way and now being a safety um, he has this unique perspective from kind of seeing the game from from all like three levels that that it helps him and, and the most important thing he said as a safety is to have that kind of overall vision so not only does he have like the vision but he has kind of the context behind it and that's part of the reason he's been able to make this leap so quickly and then also um, you know he's his crazy athleticism and, and length and and speed that helps too so i think you know he's no player has kind of raised their stock higher in, in the last year and including in this preseason and training camp i mean maybe some people thought he was kind of a bubble guy heading into the season but the preseason there's no doubt like he's the third safety he's going to make the roster um and he he could even push for starting time that's how good he's looked so I think he's a really cool story and, and kind of a fascinating player to watch going forward. I think um, he's still learning, and it, it's only going to get better. And I, I, I'd be excited about him if I were a Jets fan. And then Robert Sala talked about a number of issues. Um, like, first, I'll start with the funny one. He was talking about Lake and Tomlinson and, and kind of what he's like and if they were getting the player they expected, the player that they knew from San Francisco – He's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, you know, he's a great guy in the meeting rooms, reliable, smart, everything you would ever want and expect. And then, you know, when he puts on his helmet, he's a total whack job. He'll come and headbutt you <laughs> like he's nuts. Um, and I think that's that was kind of a pretty cool window into what, you know, Lake and Tomlinson's all about and, and kind of a fun quote. Um, and then the, the other interesting thing, and some of it made sense and some of it didn't, is, is Salah said he's he's torn on if he's going to play the starters on Monday night or not. Um, part of the reason he's torn is what happened last year. I mean, 
the Jets had the the nightmare uh, joint practices where they lose Lawson. They, they lost um, I can't remember the safety's name, but they lost him for the season. It was a, it was a you know backup safety. Um, they lost you know Mims for the rest of the preseason. They lost uh, Sheldon Rankins for the rest of the preseason, and then you they went into the game. They lost like uh, Gerard, Jared Davis, um, Connor McDermott, and then a couple other backups with, with serious injuries that kept them out most of the season. So he said, you know, that factoring into this decision is that last year, you know, it was a bloodbath of sorts, um, and and that's not an exaggeration. It was really bad, uh, but also. Like when you have a good joint practice like they did this week, you don't want to play the guys in a game after that because they've already kind of had their workload for the week. Now, I, I don't know if that makes a ton of sense because this isn't like a, the same situation. Like uh, they're playing Monday night. So their practice, their last practice was on Saturday morning. It's going to be like 60 hours between the game and and the last practice, whereas it was like less than 48 hours in Green Bay. So it's, it's not like this, the exact same situation. And also both of the practices in Green Bay, I believe, were in pads. This second one uh, in Florham Park was not in pads. So this was not an intense practice. Um, so that part of it didn't make sense. What he, what he said is like they've already got in enough good work that they don't need the preseason game. But then he also said that um, it's a chance for his young players to get a taste of what it feels like to play on Monday night. And like, they're going to be excited because they're going to be the only show on TV. But like, I don't know about you guys, if you've ever been to a preseason Monday night game, but I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of juice in the building. Well, let's, let's just say that it's not, um, it's not the same. It's not, you know, I don't think it's going to be the same broadcast team. I don't think, you know, it's not going to be a huge crowd probably. It's, it's just not the same. So I don't really understand that part. And if that's why he's wrestling with it, I, I don't understand. I don't think you're going to get that Monday night atmosphere. I don't think that's going to be a, a huge thing. Um, but I do understand, you know, not wanting to risk your players. It, but it's a tough situation because the Jets obviously need their players to get reps. Um, Joe Flacco hasn't taken a preseason rep yet. I mean, I guess he doesn't need to, but it would probably be better. And obviously their offensive line needs all the work it can get. So um, I get why he's struggling to make a decision on that if he is, but I don't, I didn't really understand his reasoning with saying like, I want these guys to have the chance to play on a Monday night in the preseason because it'll help them get ready for week one. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping day number 17 of New York Jets training camp, which is also day number two of Jets joint practice with the Atlanta Falcons with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out your work, you've got some great stuff up at NJ.com. When people go there, what are they going to read? Yeah, we're going to obviously look at the players who have the most to gain and lose on Monday night. Um, and then we'll look ahead to the Giants joint practices next week or the joint practice with the Giants. That's going to be an interesting one, obviously, first time since 2005 that those teams have gotten together for a joint practice. Things got pretty interesting last time, so I guess we'll see what happens this time. I also want to uh, say thank you to everyone who reached out to me on Twitter and asked if I was still alive after the uh, Michael Clemens question that I asked him the other day. Um, I mean, first of all, yes, I'm still alive. It's a little of, a, of an odd situation, 
But um, I mean, honestly, I just did not expect for it to go down that way. I, I didn't, it hadn't crossed my mind when I started asking the question that I might be the one who was telling him about the nickname. Uh, so I was a little discouraged by that. And that was kind of the defeat in my voice when I said from the movie Friday, because I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm having to tell this guy the nickname that Robert Sala has told us twice in press conferences, but apparently uh, has never gotten back to him. So um, yeah, that was not the way I expected it to go. And it, it was a little awkward. Uh, and then, you know, just wanted to explain to him what Sala meant by that question. Just so, you know, he didn't think that, that I was insulting him or, or that his teammates were insulting him because um, I mean, I understand why his teammates wouldn't want to say that to his face because he's a big dude. So, uh, and very, very serious and very, uh, you know, it comes across in everything he does. It, it's, it's like, even when he's running sprints, he's like the first guy, um, you know, running the sprint, like it's with a purpose. And I think that's kind of what's cool about this kid. I don't think he's going into press conferences, trying to be intimidating. I think it's probably not his favorite thing in the world to do. Um, and that's just kind of how it comes across. But I think, you know, everything we've heard about him from his coaches and his teammates is that like he is all about football and he's all about getting better on the field. And I think you saw that earlier in that press conference yesterday when when he told Rich Samini that he wasn't satisfied with his performance against the Eagles because I don't think he was. Um, I think he's going to be a really fun player to watch. I think his intensity is very cool. Um, and I'm not just saying that because – you know, I'm gonna have to ask him more questions in press conferences. I'm saying that because it's different. There's something different about this kid that's gonna be fun to watch. Um, and I think that mix of intensity and uh, purpose, and and obviously the physical tools that he has, it's gonna make for a really cool uh, kind of rookie season for him. So, yeah, I don't I don't think there's ever been in my time on the beat a player like that that we've seen. Um, with that presence. And it's, it's definitely a good thing for the jets to kind of have a little bit more edge to them. So I'm looking forward to watching him in his rookie year. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of other jets fans are too. And yeah, I'm all good guys. So thanks for your concern. <laughs> Make sure that you read Andy's work over at NJ.com. I'm just glad that he's still around to write it after that near death experience with Michael Clemens. Also follow Andy on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under. Luke Grant has got some great All-22 breakdowns of the entire Jets rookie class from 2022, including the aforementioned Mr. Clemens. So watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. It's youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's teepublic.com, and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful, and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.